Good morning. My name is Dean. I'm one of the pastors at Alpine. It's great to be here with you today in our series on anxiousness. Um, so this is week two, and for week two, we're going to be talking about the control freaks. Any control freaks? Might be a few out there. Might be one standing up here, too. But, but uh, recently, I was uh, down in Cedar City. I have some property down in Cedar City, and I have a neighbor. And the neighbor is really into being off-grid. It's really his... He's really committed to that lifestyle. So he really doesn't want any interference from the government. He kind of brags about the fact that he doesn't have to pay any bills to anybody. He really just likes to be alone and not to be tracked. And so I was there and I had a problem with my RV. The key lock got jammed and I tried a couple things and couldn't fix it, so I figured, well, this guy's been up on this mountain for a long time. He can fix anything. So I gave him a call, and he came over, and he tried one or two things. And then, to my surprise, he pulled out of his pocket his phone, and he said, Siri, how do you fix an RV key lock? <laughs> and Siri said, well, you can drill it, and here's the size drill you can use. So despite his desire to be free from all outside sources, uh, he was happy to use that source um, that day. So uh, that got me curious. So I went on Siri, and I wanted to look at their website. And I looked at the website. And the first thing it says is it says, get everyday tasks done just by your voice. Talk about being in control. Just like God, we can speak and it happens. Siri, turn on the lights. Siri, tell Rob where I am and how long to the destiny. Siri, start my 30-minute workout. Siri, remind me to water my plants. Makes us feel like we are in complete control. But is that a reality or is it an illusion? Are we really in control of our world or perhaps is technology in control of us? For all that Siri can do, it can't heal your disease, it can't carry your burden, it can't mend your heart, it can't lengthen the number of days that you have. The truth is, at the end of the day, control is just an illusion. I want to take a moment this morning and do a little survey with you. So all you have to do is say yes or no to each of these 10 questions. They're real quick. And if you say yes, just count them on your fingers, OK? So the first question is, do you help other people drive their cars? Now, that might have happened on the way here today for some of you, where you tell them what route to take, what to turn, where to park, remind them about the traffic, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, anything like that. Oh, so that happened today. <laughs> so that's number one. 
Number two, do you devote a lot of attention and energy to keeping your personal environment organized? Number three, do you give people unsolicited advice, suggestions, and constructive criticism? <laughs> Otherwise, you're trying to not count that one, right? Number four, do you have lots of personal rules, routines, rituals, and ceremonies? Five, are you the one who takes over and orders other people around when the situation seems confused? Six, do you dislike depending on others, accepting help from them, or allowing them to do things for you? Seven, do you insist on being right, having things done your way, or having the final word? Eight, do you over-plan simple activities? Number nine, do you find it difficult to admit making mistakes, being wrong or misinformed about something, or acknowledging that you've changed your mind? And number 10, that makes me cringe, do you become angry, irritable, or anxious when someone or something makes you late, when things don't start on time, or things don't go according to plan. So how did you do? Let's, let's take a quick look at our continuum here. So if you have 10 fingers up, you're a control freak on steroids. Eight to nine, you're probably a control freak. Five to seven, you probably have some control issues. Two to four, I guess you could say you're normal. One or zero, you're like an angel. You're angelic. I don't know where you're from, but if that's you, congratulations. But regardless of your score, I'm sure that we all have some control issues, whether it's control issues with our environment or control issues with other people. And when we have those control issues, the result is some anxiety. And to some degree, we all want to control things. We don't want to live in a world that is chaos. We want to feel that there is order. We want to feel like we can depend on some things. And if things were truly chaotic at all times, we'd probably kind of just give up and for sure we'd kind of lose our identity. A sense of control allows us to maintain our perspective on the world, our environment, and on how things work and how they should work. Same thing with people that we try to control. They need to fit into our world, and we need to see them fit that way and how we see it. The problem is, is when we have things established this way in our lives, and it's a certain way in our minds, the problem becomes that when some, something suddenly takes place and changes happen, we all of a sudden get very anxious. The world that we have established and put boundaries on is threatened. And as our anxiety increases, our sense of control decreases. Oxford has a great uh, definition for anxiety. It says, a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease 
typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. And for today's message, I think we can add just a little at the end of this that you can't control. We begin to panic when our sense of control goes out the window. Even scriptures that are intended to give us relief from anxiety and panic oftentimes ends up doing the exact opposite. And I'd like to take a look at our scripture verse that we're going to really be looking at today just to give you this as an example. And so the verse is Philippians 4, 4 through 5. It says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. For those who read this initially from Paul, this was a great relief. They were suffering persecution at the time, and Paul wanted to get their eyes off of the anxious present and onto the secure future. But when we read it today, it might actually do the exact opposite in our lives. We have built our safe, comfortable, controlled lives, and when we are reminded that the Lord is coming, it removes a little bit of control from that life that we've built, that heaven on earth that we've built. And it brings some anxiety to us. No matter what it is, any change in our lives can bring about anxiety, especially when we like to be in control. So how do we deal with this? How do we deal with this anxiety? What do control freaks need to understand that the Bible shares with us that can help us with our anxiety and our lack of control? Well, first, control freaks need to understand that anxiety is a wake-up call, a thorn in the flesh to remind us of our dependence on God. When I was 25, I decided I was going to ride my bike across the nation, um, and I did. And so when I was getting close to 50, I said, well, I'm going to do it again. So at 49, I got my bike back out, a different bike, um, and started. Uh, got on my bike and uh, started riding around up in the hills by Shadow Valley, North, North Ogden. And I went up a hill and my body started doing some funny, funny things. And I got home and uh, I had to immediately sit down or I would have fainted. It was a wake-up call to me that I had a lot of work to do if I was going to repeat what I did when I was 25. The Lord got Paul's attention by giving him a thorn in the flesh to remind him that it wasn't his strength, it wasn't his intelligence that made the difference. Paul couldn't boast in anything. He couldn't take pride in anything because it was the Lord who was working through him. We find that in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. It says, so to keep from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. 
Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Scholars have proposed a couple of different ideas on what that thorn in the flesh were, and they all come kind of from Scripture. You could read a little bit and infer into Scripture some of these potential thorns that Paul had. One was his eyesight. That was mentioned a couple times in the Bible. Another had to do with his speech. Um, people didn't see his speech as all that great. Could have been something to do with a physical weakness or nervousness, or it could have been an emotional condition such as depression. It's not out of the realm of possibility that it could have been anxiety. Paul prayed three times for it to be removed. And if you struggle with anxiety, I'm sure you've prayed for it to be removed also. It's debilitating. It prevents us from moving forward, from being productive. It definitely makes us feel weak. But it is exactly there where Christ can work through us. You know, what we need to learn from this is that we shouldn't necessarily be praying that our anxiety is taken away from us, but we should be praying that it gets our attention, that the Lord is trying to get our attention to show us that we need to depend on him. Because when we are weak, when we're full of anxiety and we have no control, that's when God can work in our lives. He's not just going to take it away. He wants you to learn to depend on him, not on your own. Second, control freaks need to understand that through all of the unexpected ups and downs, God is still on the throne of our lives. There are some similarities between control freaks and the nation of Israel as it relates to thinking that they're in control, especially when things are going well. Remember, control freaks, as long as their world that they've created, nothing interferes with it, then everything's great. And all was great for Israel, too, especially during the reign of King Uzziah, who reigned for 52 years. 52 years, they had peace, prosperity, everything was going great for them, just like in the times of King David. Life was good. And then things suddenly changed. King Uzziah dies. And all of a sudden, people are a little bit anxious. And so at this time, God decides, you know what? I'm going to give a vision to Isaiah to remind him of something. And so this is the vision in Isaiah 6.1. It says, it was the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. 
He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. It's a very clear reminder that before Uzziah, during Uzziah, and after Uzziah, God was on the throne. It wasn't Uzziah that was the difference. Author Max Lucado says it this way, Uzziah's throne was empty, but God's was occupied. Uzziah's reign had ended, but God's had not. Uzziah's voice was silent, but God's was strong. He was and is alive on the throne and worthy of endless worship. God calmed the fears of Isaiah, not by removing the problem, but by revealing his divine power and presence. Even when things are going great in our lives and we think that we're in complete control, it's not us. It's the one who sits on the throne that is more powerful than us. And when we are full of anxiety and when we lose control and don't feel like we have a sense of control, he's still on the throne. There's no difference. Nothing's changed. He was on the throne when everything was going great in your life, and he's on the throne when you're full of anxiety. And nothing can change that. We need to accept that and trust him. I admit that I sometimes have some control issues. I really have an issue um, when I want something to change and it doesn't change. And I believe that somehow I have this illusion that if I just hope or if I just pray enough, it'll change. But what happens most of the time is I wait, hope, and I'm filled with anxiety because nothing changes. I'm stressed out. What I need to do is I need to accept it and trust that God's power will be accomplished and his will will be accomplished. I think if we're honest, part of the issue here is that we don't want God to control it. We actually are a little bit concerned or scared that if he did control it, we wouldn't get what we wanted. Hello? Can you relate? You know, what's funny about it is the reality is that whether we give him control or we don't give him control, he is in control. And the other reality is that do you really want to have the throne over your life? Because if we take control and try to do that, it never works out. We always mess it up. We never get what we think we're going to get. Well, finally, control freaks need to understand that the practical response to anxiety is to rejoice in the Lord. Back to our verse, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. 
This is a bit of a paradox. The control freak who lives by order, by lists, by instructions, by concrete yes and no's, can't rely on any of those to take away their anxiety. They have to rely on something that's more subjective, more emotional, more feeling, and that is being full of joy in Jesus. Paul is definitely a great example for us here. When he was writing this letter, he was actually in jail. And if you read Paul, you have to believe that he was a bit of a control freak. And yet here he is in jail, and rather than concentrating on not being in control, he's focused on the one that is in control. You know, it's easy for anybody to stand up here and say to you, just be like Paul. Just be filled with the joy of the Lord. But how do we do that? Where does it come from? What does it look like? How do we generate that joy in our lives when we're in despair in our relationships with our job, with our family? Well, John 15, I believe, really helps us out. It says, just as the Father has loved me. Now get this, read this. <laughs> just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness. You see, the joy comes from knowing God, from abiding in Christ, from being filled with this Holy Spirit. And when you do that, you will know love, you will abide in love, and you will be filled with love. There's an old hymn written in 1900 that says this, I have found his grace is all complete. He supplieth every need. While I sit and learn at Jesus' feet, I am free, yes, free indeed. I have found the pleasure I once craved. It is joy and peace within. What a wondrous blessing. I am saved from the awful guilt of sin. I have found that hope so bright and clear, living in the realm of grace. Oh, the Savior's presence is so near. I can see his smiling face. I have found the joy no tongue can tell, how its waves of glory roll. It's like a great aurora flowing well springing up within my soul. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Full of glory. Full of glory. Knowing you are loved, abiding in that love, 
And being filled with that love leads to an amazing result. And that result is strength. For most of us in this room, we can relate to that. You know, when you either fall in love or someone loves you greatly, what happens? Nothing else matters. All those things that you were worried about, you could care less about. They don't matter. Because you're loved. That is how it is with God's love. He gives us that strength. Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Psalms 28, 7, I love this, says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song, I praise him. Experiencing God's love for us, in us, and through us, gives us the joy that provides the strength for us to overcome any anxiety in our life and the loss of control we may feel. It can, it can turn any control freak into someone that is controlled by the love of God. Well, for those of you who are here today that have some control issues and find yourself anxious, I hope you've received a wake-up call. I hope you've realized who is always on the throne. I hope you remember the source of your joy. If you have, your anxieties will soon disappear. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Lord, so many individuals have gone before us who have experienced exactly the things that we experience, and life is not easy. And sometimes we just feel like we need to be control, in control, but it always ends in just anxiety. And Lord, we just want to turn it over to you, and sometimes we don't even know how to do that. We just ask for your help. We ask that we would depend upon you. We would ask that we would focus on your love towards us. In Jesus' name, amen.